This episode of the Asians Represent podcast is brought to you by our amazing Patreon supporters and subscribers on Twitch. Uh, thanks to their support, we're able to take all of this extra audio from the past season of the Asians Represent podcast, so that's episodes 35 to 45, and return them to our public podcast feed. Moving forward in 2022, thanks to their support, we'll be able to do monthly drops of Asians Represent episodes onto this feed. We're super excited. Now, if you are a patron of the podcast, don't worry. Our extended feed will continue, and our behind-the-scenes look at Dungeons & Asians, no dice, no problem, will still be a Patreon exclusive. That said, we are so excited for everyone to be able to access this episode in audio format. Uh, it's been quite a journey and quite a transformation of Asians Represent. We are constantly evolving, and we are so glad that our community is growing and here for this journey with us. That said, let's get to the episode. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on this amazing, amazing episode. Um, to our listeners out there, you're probably noticing that uh, this is not Daniel or Agatha, this is actually Steve uh, kind of bringing us in. and. I get to host today's episode, which is really special and something we've been planning, I think, for a very, very long time. As you take a look at the title, or you might have seen the description, uh, this is our first Vietnamese Voices-centric episode. It's very, very exciting. And uh, if you've been a fan of the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about, you know, my Vietnamese heritage, my lineage, and the tangled diaspora that is who I am. Um, so having this space is really, really awesome. Uh, I want to give a really quick shout out to the Asian Represent team for providing me this space. I've been working with them for, you know, two years now. What does it mean time? Two years now. Um, and we've been talking about this and we really, really wanted to get it done. And it was actually the support of Daniel, Agatha, the rest of the team, um, encouraging me to make this happen and give me the support. So a huge, huge thanks, especially because I think it's important to acknowledge that because of the way the podcast itself has been progressing over time, um, you know, certain voices do get highlighted. And I don't think that's a, a fault or even uh, done on purpose. But I think it happened kind of naturally. And I want to call out that steps like this episode are really, really important for I think the overall purpose of Asians represent uplifting all Asian voices. So having a space to talk about being Vietnamese and our diaspora is uh, dope as fuck. Sorry, that kind of fell apart towards the end there. Uh, Nailed it. It's perfect. I love it. It's great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All good. It's genuine. Three votes for being good. So, I mean, that's three out of four. You lose. You're yep. perfect. Three out of four. Yeah. Democracy. What's that fourth one? Democracy. A minus. What's the minus mean? The fourth um, with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, second thing I want to mention, if you're catching this on Twitch, our listeners doesn't really apply, but if you're catching this on Twitch, uh, this is actually a pre-recorded session, which is really, really awesome. Something we've been talking about for a while. Uh, the reason we're pre-recording this is because a lot of our guests here are in different time zones, and it's really hard sometimes to make live shows work the way you want it to. Um, another reason why pre-recording is great is because we have a lot of fans and members of the community who are overseas, uh, and time zones can make things really, really, really difficult. So having options to pre-record and still have voices get uplifted and highlighted is, again, something I think Asians represent is uh, a great place to do that on. So. 
huge thanks to the platform, um, the folks behind the scenes that are there supporting us as we go through this kind of journey, um, as well as the things you'll do in the future to support us because 100%, this is not the last Vietnamese-centric episode. It's going to keep happening. Um, but yeah, that's my little spiel, little little heartfelt there. But I would love for our guests to introduce themselves. So uh, we'll go Michelle, Vian, Ke- uh, Kevin. If you oh. wouldn't mind, names, your pronouns, um, and maybe a little sneak peek of something you've been working on. We'll dive into what your projects are in a little bit, but just names and pronouns and a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Oh. Michelle, can I pick on you? Yeah, hello, everybody. This is the voice I default <laughs> to when I get there. Hello. Um, Amazing. What's up? My name is Michelle and Bradley. You can find me on the internet at I am Chubby Bunny everywhere. My pronouns are she, her. Um, you can find all of my work and portfolio and all that information at Um, I am a professional uh, tabletop role player. Um, I don't, like a lot of these fellows and peoples here, uh, delve too much in the back end of making RPGs. So I've done a little bit here and there. Um, but my main, my main, my main line, <laughs> my main thing I do is... Uh, being on camera for acting for tabletop shows, um, production. Um, I work uh, with uh, a few companies that do um, the Twitch branded shows. Uh, so I do um, creative production over there. Uh, I'm also a writer and I am a professional show host. Uh, I've hosted things such as uh, Anime Expo. I was one of their main MCs this year for AX Light um, and I've done their stage shows. Um, I'm also, uh, I was also a host for Funimation and, um, yeah, and I do a lot of I do a lot of stuff gaming related, sort of here and there. I don't know. Is that, is that too much or is that too little? Oh no! <laughs> I'm like going first. Dude, beautiful. beautiful. Was, it, was that an A or an A minus? I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give you grade. an A. Oh, okay. On from the minus, maybe towards the end. But you know what? Okay. We'll keep it. We'll yeah, keep it loosey goosey. Off. Here. All right. All right. At least, didn't drop, do. at least okay. it didn't drop a dope as fuck just randomly in your middle. <laughs> 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 no. It's Anyways, fine. let's move. Let's move past that. <laughs> Uh, Vian, who are you? Hello. God, see, this is going to be... It's fine. Uh, my name is Vian. Um, pronoun Vian Nguyen. Jeez Louise. I'm I'm all tied up. <laughs> okay. My name is Vian Nguyen. My pronouns are they, them. I am a harmonics. I work at harmonics as a QA tester. Um, but, you know, on the side, uh, I do a lot of RPG, solo RPGs, just like a lot of experiences, exploring like kind of feelings and making sure that like interactive and like interactive experience in games can really explore how we feel and like making sure that we can address these things in like a safe space um that's that's kind of where i'm coming from with this stuff uh, there is a lot of things that michelle mentioned and i don't remember so that's all uh, i got for you <laughs> yeah it was just projects and names oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm not really like working on any projects right now um i'm kind of like ruminating on things thinking about mazes uh so but yeah i mean just for the most part my like design philosophy is always evolving but it's mostly about kind of getting in those feelings and really like using them as play materials if that makes any sense uh, mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I was, I was taking a look at some of your work and i was like this is some wild shit and like I'm, wild into, <laughs> I'm into it right like i think i think that's the indie rpg like edge you just see mm-hmm. some stuff and it's like hey you ever want to play a game where you use like one of those like sticky hands that you get from like vending machines i got an rpg for you and it's like <laughs> <wild> <laughs> yeah i mean one of my games one of the other players is a moon so like the actual moon in the sky so the moon. yeah play a game with the moon 
Yeah. I'm, yeah, so, that's I'm it. so into it. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but let, let's keep going because I could just dissect this forever. Uh, but before I do that, Kevin, who are you? Hi, I'm Kevin Wynn. There always has to be one Kevin Wynn on any Viet-centric thing, Diaspora thing. Because that's the way it is. And uh, I currently use he, him pronouns. So you can find and block me over on everywhere at knit <laughs> underscore knack. Uh, you so can buy sad. my games, though, over at winconditions.com, including uh, some games based on my Vietan heritage and things like that. And including a game uh, that uh, just came out. If you like sports anime games, like uh, maybe some volleyball sports anime, you can buy <laughs> a game called Volleyboys over there, where it's not really about sports. It's more about friendships. As the friends be. you make along yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, it was actually shared yesterday on our stream, but uh, Gen Con asked Asians Represent to play a game. And the little anecdote there was Dan was like, okay, we'll, we'll do one of two games. We could do like ninjas, eh. or we could do sports anime volleyball. <laughs> Fully expecting Gen Con to be like, do the ninja thing. And they were like, we have never seen a game about sports anime. Sports. Do yeah. that. And I'm like, Amazing. it's the first game that I think they're streaming. So like, that's wild yeah. and like love yes, it. more love of that. More so of that. excited for that. Yeah, no, it's gonna be really good. Amazing cast too. Anyways, I I I appreciate everyone kind of doing the introductions. Um, for the folks who might not have heard me before, my name is Steve Wen. Uh, I use he him, uh, and I'm one of the co-hosts of Asians Represent. Uh, I do a little bit of writing in the tabletop RPG space. I was a writer on an editor in, in Unbreakable Volume One, and was an editor in Unbreakable. Volume two. Oh, you have yours. Wow. Uh, did, did everyone remember to bring their show and tell items? Uh, <laughs> you have your goes. It's fine. And my goes. But a lot of my work centers around uh, Asians Represent and the work that we do here. Um, before we get into things, I, I really wanted to call out and comment, actually, that prior to recording, we were having like an email thread and talking about it. And I got the feel that everyone, myself included, had like a little bit of anxiety, a little nervousness around this episode. Uh, I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I definitely was feeling that. And I think it was definitely part of the fact that I've never really had this kind of space where we're going to just talk with Viet voices about being Vietnamese in this kind of space that we exist in. It's really, really exciting. I think it's to quote myself earlier, dope as fuck. Um, but it's, Double it's also <laughs> just I'm going to embrace it now, but it's yeah. also something that doesn't really happen that often. So it's kind of like blue ocean, right? It's kind of like what's going to happen here. And I'm I'm, I'm super, super excited for it. We could um, do anything. We could anything's possible here. We could date the moon. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> do it. What, one question I wanted to kind of pose to our panel here um, is I definitely experienced some of this, but when you're doing your work, be it writing RPGs or performing as like a player on screen or anything like that, um, to what degree do you find yourself, you know, trying to be seen as Viet or trying to incorporate Viet elements into whatever it is you're doing? Open question. Um, I can start if you guys want. Um, Go for it. So I've this at this point been on maybe almost 30 different shows of all for RPGs. And in most of those cases, like 99.9% .9 of them, you're asked to make your own character, do whatever it is you want, pull from the book, whatever. But it, so it's always like, do whatever you want, and then we'll let you know if it fits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think um, for most of my career, I hadn't really thought about um, incorporating any elements of, uh, well, it gets not true. I think at the beginning of making a character, I'm always like, should I make this person Asian? Is that weird? And the fact that I even think that is, 
wild. It's wild that <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to be who I am in a game. Right. Um, so sometimes I'm just like generic soldier or like mm-hmm. I'm a bird person. And like, that's fine too. It's good to be different things that aren't you. Um, but then like sort of recently I've just been like, I mean, I don't have to be like a ninja all the time. I can just like, just because I'm Asian, that's the only like archetype you can pick that seems like Asian-ish. Um, you can kind of be Asian and be whatever class. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but there, yeah, there is a sort of expectation that if you are, if you are like an assassin or a thief, here these kinds of tropes, like then maybe mm-hmm. it's okay to be Asian. But, you know, now I'm just sort of like, um, been throwing that out the window a little bit. Um, recently, and I had never really, I would say up until um, participating in some of the uh, uh, um, Asian American Pacific Islander, like, like, charity streams around March. Um, I hadn't really thought about playing a Vietnamese character. And then um, I was in a show. Uh, uh, this is on Erica from Mina's channel. Uh, she's a, a style pixie. She did a whole day of charity uh, streams. Um, and uh, everyone was being encouraged to be like an Asian version of their RBG character because it was about, you know, supporting uh, Asian American Pacific Islanders. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a, what, what's Vietnamese? Like what creature can I be? So I was Googling and I, my background is I am a child of immigrants that came over during the war and I, um, I don't speak Vietnamese. Uh, I was on Greece in a Vietnamese community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really messed me up <laughs> growing up when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Asian. I don't know. I don't have any tools to deal with that. But anyway, so I, I had to like Google, like, what are some Vietnamese legends? I don't, I know zero of them. Um, and I found this stuff about like, the, there was like a turtle and I was like, I'm this turtle. It's real cool. And it's from this lake and it's based off this thing from this emperor who threw who had a sword. He had her turn to this lake. You guys, I'm talking about that lake with the mm-hmm. sword and like all the gross turtles. It's a really disgusting lake now in the oh, middle. It's of so sad. Yeah. I so I, just it's anyway, it's, it's, I Googled that and I was like, okay, I'm this turtle. I had this, all this backstory. And that was the most I ever learned about Vietnam because of, well, not in general, but like, that's the most I've learned about the legends of Vietnam because I was just encouraged to look for a backstory about my own culture. And that like really, I was like, well, like I think the world, you know, it is, it is blue ocean. I should just like, what, why am I holding myself back? And then um, recently um, I was on Critical Role. Uh, we are sort of in the middle of a mini series. Um, it's the Critical Role Elder Scrolls Online collaboration mini series. Um, and again, I was encouraged to make whatever character I want. We had some uh, like limitations, not limitations, but like, oh, these are the races because it's Elder Scrolls Online's races and not ancestries and not um, just all D&D. So um I was like, cool, I'm the elf because the elf's cool. Wait a minute. Is it weird that I'm picking the elf? Because elves look Asian in Elder Scrolls. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we could have an entire episode about oh Asian mean, coding in elves. Yeah. But. So there's three el- elven races, races, and like basically they're like the wood ones, the underdark ones, and the mountain yeah. forest ones or whatever, mm-hmm. or the ocean ones. I can't remember. So I, I picked like a. I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. The point is that I, I was kind of like, this feels very generic and not me. And as I was making the character and I was like, you know, I, I think when I pick names for characters, I put a lot of work into that. And like, it's very, it has to mean something very special to that character. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I should make it like a Vietnamese word. Cause it's like a really good chance to, you know, I'm, I'm very cognizant that like Critical Role is the top. It's the biggest show that I could probably be on RPG wise. And it was going to be seen by a lot of people. So I was like, it's really important I pick a good name. It'd be nice if it was Vietnamese. Like, what can I do? And I'm like Googling for like a week here because I'm not, again, don't speak Vietnamese. I don't have a very yeah. strong connection to my culture, even though my parents are Vietnamese. And then I was like, 
oh, dude, why not just do like my mom? <laughs> so, oh, oh, your mom. Yeah. That's so cute. So I, I, I Googled, like, I didn't really know like her name meant. Uh, so my mom's name is uh, Feng Hua. So I took the Hua part. She tells her her name is like Hua, but actually she tells everyone that her name is Lily because she thinks that people can't say it. And so when I grew mm-hmm. up, growing up, I just heard like all like the white people in our town calling her Lily. And I was her kid and that was very odd um, to me. But uh so in the in the show, I named myself Hua Sen, which is the um, it's that specific lily flower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had everyone call me like Hua, and I remember, uh, you know that that name. I remember trying to pick a, a word that was uh, a flower or a tree because the character is like sort of druidic, yeah. and when it came to, I, I didn't realize how much it was going to mean until. I'm like sitting around the cast and they're like, what's your name? And I'm trying to tell everyone how to pronounce it. Um, Cause none of them are Vietnamese, you know, obviously mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know how to say it. And I was like, wow, now they don't know, know how to say my mom's name. That's really great. And I think, when, you know, when, and when people watch the show, they're going to see it and hear and maybe learn how to say it. So after that first episode went up, I uh, posted a picture of the character sheet and then like a picture of my mom. <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional, but I was like, hey guys, like, here's how, like, here's how you pronounce her name. Like, so she doesn't feel embarrassed and have to say like her name is Lily. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm so cry. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking cry. Yeah. So everyone feel free to cry because I'm, I'm a very ugly crier. But, um, so I think like in that way, that's how I'm bringing my Vietnamese heritage to sort of like my roles or like my work. Cause I can't really do it any other way. And I think, or, or maybe I'm just learning there are more ways to do it and I'm just finding out about them. So that was like a really like a nice thing. And then of course, trying to tell my mom what uh, Critical Role was and what Twitch was, was like a whole, yeah. <laughs> like it's like a month, like a week long conversation. And then she sat and watched it with me when she came to visit recently. And um, of course was like, why are you guys not doing anything? I don't know what this show's about. <laughs> <laughs> why are you sitting and talking? Was this? <laughs> she, she literally was like, well, you all look nice. So good for you. Like she just, she like was out. I'm like, Mom, this is like the biggest show, like the biggest like tabletop show I could possibly be on. Like I, you know, and you know, it's, it's good. And she's like, it's nice. Every, everything, everything that has just happened, like resonates with me, like at a core. Like my bones are happy now. Just like that. W- oh my goodness, I feel seen. Yeah, seen. yeah. Yes. And actually, I there. want to comment on that. So Michelle, like Hwasen, that character, like it was a moment when I saw Critical Role has this character, and mm. I looked at the name. And like immediately everything in my life stopped, like like water droplets were like in midair. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's a Vietnamese character on Critical Role. And I was like, mm-hmm. when the hell? Like, I, I, if you had asked me if that were going to happen, like would it take 10 years, 50 years? I'd be like, it would never happen. And then it did happen. And it was a wild moment. So, you know, just piling on emotions. It was very emotional mm-hmm. to see that. And now that I know this extra story, you know, I, I will cry every single time <laughs> I see this character's name. It's, you know, it's funny because we all, I think we all, we, we all try to make ourselves so small, you know, we, that's how we were raised, right? So now that we're getting older and we're in these spaces and we're creating our own work and we're having a little more power, it's wild to, um, to know that we, we now, now we're the ones other people are looking up to. And that's, I, I'm making that switch over, but it's, it's so weird to me. Like I have, People, like, people who are Vietnamese American or just um, diaspora Vietnamese, like always messaging me, like, "Hey, that's so cool!" Like now, people like know how. To, uh, even seeing like your last name and something is so cool. Like, like you know, all of us in Windsor are like kind of connected. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't know each yeah. other, but we know each other. Yeah. 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 We're all from that same emperor or whatever. I don't know. I, just, I yeah. can't remember the, the story. We're all like, part of that same dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're all from that dynasty. Um, but like, 
like actively making decisions for how can we, because I think, you know, on any show, on any channel, I, 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 I assume people or they, you know, they're very, they want to be allies. They want to show um, diversity. They want to do all these things, but the thing is they can't do it if they're not Vietnamese. Like they can't show Vietnamese. It doesn't mean the same thing. Uh, characters unless they are Vietnamese or they have had a really strong interaction with like one of, one of the best friends is Vietnamese and they think, Oh, maybe I should put this character in my show. But more often it comes from us directly. So we're the ones who got to push ourselves in. And it, it feels, even when I was doing it, it felt a little weird. I was like, is this selfish? I literally said, is this selfish for me to do? I asked one of the other, I was talking to um, uh, Abria, which doesn't mind me mentioning this. And I was like, hey, is it selfish for me to do this? And she's like, yo, shut the fuck up, right? She didn't say shut the fuck up, but she, she was, her wording was more eloquent. And she was just like, no, this is amazing. It's great. You should go, go. And I'm like, okay. Like I had to ask permission. So I think it's, you know, it's interesting because I feel like I've had, sorry. Sorry, no, no. go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I was gonna say, I feel like I have the, I've had the opposite experience. Like, I feel like I came into like the role playing scene pretty late. Like, a lot of like, kind of in insular communities. Like, I, if you all know Viditia Valetti, like he's out here doing his shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I, he kind of introduced me to role playing games in college. And like, I'm coming from like an academic space of like, what are games? What can interaction be? And then so like, when we started playing RPGs, I was like, who the fuck are these like? illustrations of these like white people like mixed like but i'm like what who are these people they're not me they don't look like me and so the whole thing about rpgs was sold to me is like you can be whatever you want to be like you can do whatever you want and so sometimes that meant being as close to me as possible so i could just fully like bleed out into the space with my friends <laughs> in this like trusting environment where I'm like, hey guys, I'm feeling grief. My character is grieving. We are crying. <laughs> we are cry- me character and also me person crying. Same mm. tears. Um, but like me and him, since like we, we went to a predominantly white institution and like some of our, like half of that table was like white people. It was like me and Vid kind of looked at each other and I was like, I am never playing a white person. I'm making this commitment with you right now that anytime I play an RPG, I'm playing a Vietnamese person. Even if that means I have to do this embarrassing Google search of like, what are Vietnamese people names? Like, yeah. like Yo, we have four of them. <laughs> we don't have that many names. You know what? <laughs> it's so Actually, behindthename.com is like your best friend for that. Obviously. Oh, really? Thanks. Yeah, there's so like good. a there's a random renamer, and you can pick like different um different like national origins, and Vietnamese is one of them. I always go there whenever yeah. I need a character. I reverse so search uh, words like like tree and rock and oh <laughs> like, yeah, you know, no, yeah, that's also you know valid. I mean? That's super funny. valid. Yeah, yeah. Or just like going to, through Wikipedia, looking up one historical Vietnamese person, and just like going a couple pages over, it's like okay, that name. That's there like a go. real person's name. I'm just gonna rip that. Yeah, but like it's it's so real. Like if you are a Vietnamese, and, and I, I think my question of like is it selfish is more like am I allowed to bring my baggage into this game space? Yeah. Like am I allowed yeah. to feel all my feelings? But yeah. I think it's it's I think that like question of safety. Like, are these people that I trust will like hold my my character and like be gentle and not like bring some like real like because when you make that character a race like rooted in reality Mm -hmm. that's like a question of the table of like will you respect that and are you going to bring actual real racist garbage when i like bring my identity on this table Mm -hmm. i don't know that's something Mm -hmm. i think about sometimes yeah i I feel like yeah i don't think i was worried about that so much because i I did trust this table but it was more about like I think I was worried about the community being like, why are you using this as a soapbox or something? Like I maybe it's like that feeling, I guess. And, and which again is stupid because 
why are our characters named like Arthur James? Um, yep. You know, Paul, look at you, Dune. <laughs> like <laughs> Paul and Jessica. I'm like, guys, this is terrible. Anyway, um, but like, you know, wh- wh- why not? Why not us? And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to feel that I have that. Uh, you know, and it's not like every single character I make now from now on is going to be like, like, you know, have to have this deep meaning because I, I frankly don't have that many stories. I have one, yeah. I have one mother and one father. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I think it's, I, I don't feel pressure to do it, but I also feel like, I, I'm a, I feel a little more free, like I'm allowed to, so to bring my yeah. daddy into uh, at least you know the role playing space. But um, it's also like, of, like normalizing production work, totally different story. <laughs> oh sure, and it's like yeah. normalizing our identity. Like there is there doesn't need to be this like crazy history or like ancestry tie in. Like we are also Vietnamese people, and like by mm-hmm. existing, mm-hmm. we are Vietnamese. Like th- that narrative doesn't need to fit in any kind of expectation. I don't know. That's what, at least what I tell mm-hmm. myself when I'm like. I don't know what this character is, but they're Vietnamese and they're going to cry the same tears that I cry. <laughs> like, yeah. That yeah, doesn't yeah, define yeah. anything about my race, I guess. It just, that's what's happened. I don't know. It's it's definitely tangled. Kevin, did you have something you wanted to add in here? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, speak, jumping off of what, what Vien just said, like, I, I tend to make a lot of my characters Vietnamese, especially if it's on a stream, because I outwardly face, I really want to push that and, like, carve out that space for Vietnamese folks and Vietnamese characters. But, like, also, like, it, I don't feel like it necessarily needs to be like this major thing about them. It can be just the name because I, while I am Vietnamese and it's super important to me, I'm also a lot of other things. And like mm-hmm. those characters can focus on those different aspects, but like sort of like speaking to like what Steve said about seeing Michelle's character on critical role. Like I, I watched misfits and magic like recently and Abria brought out Cleo or uh, Khan who also goes by Cleo as like sort of, well, all these white people can't pronounce my fucking Vietnamese name. And I stopped. I, I had to pause and I messaged every person I know. I didn't get like Vietnamese, like Asian, not Asian. I didn't care. I'm like, no, you need to watch the show. You need to like feel this with me. And like, <laughs> it just felt so good to see that. And like, especially from a, even from a non-Vietnamese person acknowledging like that there are other Asian people that exist besides just like sort of Chinese, Korean and Japanese, which tend to be the one, the, the Asian characters yeah. featured in media. And like, I, at least when I came into the space, I didn't feel super welcome as a Vietnamese person. And that leans into why I kind of trend towards making Vietnamese characters because either you weren't represented in fantasy, which is what I mostly played or in non-fantasy, which is like sci-fi or like current modern, like Vietnamese people existed in the framework of the Vietnamese American conflict and the Vietnamese French conflict as like the antagonists. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And like I, I'm like. First of all, there's a whole other side to this that narrative, and yeah. second of all, there's so much more to Vietnam besides the this like 20 year gap, and it's yeah. like hundreds and thousands of year long history, both before and which is going to come. Mm-hmm. And there's so much space there to play with, and so many other narratives there that like we that I I personally feel really compelled to showcase and like sort of contribute to if I have that space to sort of that spotlight. Yeah, I definitely resonate with the idea that for the longest time, my Vietnamese identity was basically couched in American perceptions of violence and war. Yeah, uh, I was telling this story on previous episodes back, back in high school when I was a bad kid. <laughs> like I was just like, boy, I got to learn a lot more about the world. Uh, I started pushing my nickname to be Charlie um, because that's what GIs would call the Viet Cong, uh, Charlie the Tree Lines. And I thought that would be like a really cool nickname. And mm-hmm. then you know, around like 17, 18 years old, I was like, this is really fucked up. 
Like I'm, yeah. identif- I'm identifying myself as a war combatant and that's how I'm couching my identity. This is going to lead me to very, very bad and dark places and it already kind of is. And like, that was a very emotional time in my life. And I'm like, damn, I'm not even 18 yet. Like, you know, it just shows that we had so little to hang on, like to hang on to uh, in terms of what, like, it's, it's crazy because, you know, everyone in American ideal is like, oh, you make yourself, you are self-created, you know, but the reality is that society creates you and tells you what to think about yourself. And when we're not shown at all, there's no representation where you don't like no one, no, like no one, no one's even like hinting at like what we could be. We just think we're, we grasp onto the little things like that. And that's, you know, that's what happens or be like me and just don't really act, don't know, like, don't really like look into being Asian until like you're in your twenties. That's the whole thing you can do too. Just ignore that (laughs) as long as you can. I'm I'm the same way. I didn't, I don't speak Vietnamese, like same Mm -hmm. as you. I don't, I didn't feel as embraced by the Vietnamese community. I kind of, I was not as good a kid like Steve and like I, same exact thing, Charlie. I I tried to embrace that name as well, like coincidentally, which I feel like a lot of young Vietnamese men tend to do. That's like, I've heard that from other Vietnamese men in my in my local huh. community and it's like it's it's really hard like yeah like in America a certain a certain demographic of person is allowed to make themselves but all the rest of us we're kind of we we are we tend to be made by that demographic for the most part mm-hmm. and just when we do get these little when we get these little like spaces to ourselves like when when a lot of us Vietnamese folks saw Kelly Marie Tran in Star Wars mm-hmm. being a character that's not oh just let alone being a Vietnamese woman just explicitly out there and like not being a character that's like tied to all these like net narratives that like a lot of us feel a lot of pain over and a lot of history over that's that was so so good seeing that like no we can we sort of society as at a large does recognize that we can break out of that mold but like it's they kind of allow us to but like no like we got that little crack so like let's fucking like just rip that open and get yeah. out there like just allowed to exist yeah. as yeah. a person and this is this is also like maybe like sidebar but like you know when she wore her that i die to uh the yeah, red carpet God. like sort of it was the, sort With of like you know and yeah um i remember looking up the designer and he's like look in la and i was like i was like i added him on instagram like messaged him yeah. like this is fun. <laughs> like this person i don't know and then um and uh, yeah, I've been trying, I, my mom has a, like, a collection of Aldai that are way too small for me. So like, I try to take photos of them. I can't wear them out because I literally can't like move my arms. You know how it's all like, yep. <laughs> yep. my chin is like stuck inside of it. Um, so I've been trying to do more like, uh, part of my work is like, I'm like an influencer on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. but I try to like, you know, I push my agenda, which is, <laughs> which is like, hey, like our, our stuff is cool too. Like not, you know, yeah. it's fine. You know, it's no, fine. It's fine. It's normal. Um, I actually wish I had more Aldai to like wear out to like, you know, fancy events and stuff, but well, they are so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why isn't our culture's cl- clothing more comfortable? <laughs> One um, of my dream yeah. outfits to like wear like to a big thing or like an event is like a more masculine like Aldai mm-hmm. because it would show off my guns and then I would have like a slit <laughs> up the leg to show like the quads and stuff. But that is like, like give I feel you like some like, a thing. A hundred percent is a thing, but if I wore it, my parents saw a picture of it, they would disown me. I just, I just know that. From my but, understanding, is that Aozai are sort of gender neutral. 
They are. And like I've seen a lot of wedding photos of like men and women like paired together in their wedding photos, both wearing like matching outside and like the men's outside, like with these beautiful embroidered like dragons and phoenixes on the front and everything. And like I don't I I I try to make like I've made a couple of characters in my in like live shows where like they specifically wear outside just to show like no, this is not an exclusively a feminine thing, even if this is like the one of the few things about Vietnamese culture that you know. And like my understanding is that the outside became a lot more constricted during the war because mm-hmm. of like sex work and things like that and appealing to to mm-hmm. sort of the incoming gis and such like that so like if you look up like sort of more modern cuts that in Viet- vietnam of Alzai, they're kind of trending away from that and becoming more a, a little bit more not yes. as restrictive and things like that and <laughs> right. a little bit better and mm-hmm. like I, I think it's just so interesting like even this one piece of clothing how like it's got this it's a, its own narrative and like how much it means to us as diaspora folks and like sort of trying to showcase that in in instagram in our characters and try to look aspiring to be able to wear these again mm-hmm. yeah i i'm hearing so much here that really resonates with me and it's beautiful to hear all these like takes and stuff and it's really resonating but it's also quite tragic that i almost feel like we're trying to like get scraps of representation the fact that a name alone can like bring us to <laughs> tears about representation i think is very telling of the overall deep-seated um pain or trauma generational trauma that we feel um and it's i really appreciate everyone kind of sharing these stories um here uh i actually want to ask a question if that's okay with everyone and <laughs> I, was very, I was very, I was very curious. When was the first time you ever saw Vietnamese representation in any media? Like, what was the first time? Can I, can I ask? Are you clear? Are you specifically asking about Western media? Mm. Ooh, good question. I'm gonna say yes, Western media. Okay. 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 I've seen Paris by Night. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My dad <laughs> loved deep cut every night. Every night. We had every party. seventy thousand volumes. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. Like the Are crooning. Like. Oh. Are they still doing that? Are they still doing Paris yeah. by Night? Oh, like, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that will out, that will outlast the heat death of the universe. Yes, I absolutely. Oh my god. I I I guess in power the first Power Rangers. Um, oh, the Yellow Ranger. Yeah. yeah. Was she Vietnamese? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Word. Yeah. yeah. Her last name was Tran. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that was, I think, one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that is also the first one for me. I completely forgot about, but you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Um, and they, they picked an actress with a Vietnamese accent too, which was, you know, mm-hmm. at that time, mm. it was it would have been very easy to pick someone who just presents more Western. Yeah. Um, but I think Power Rangers itself has always been a show about coming together as kids and community and, mm-hmm. and building something better, leaving something better the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love Power Rangers. Fuck, we gotta do a Power Rangers RPG. Anyways, <laughs> I know a couple. Yeah, yeah they're ones. releasing that up, the official ones uh, soonish. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot there's an official. Yeah, one. Renegade is making their own system for Power Rangers, Transformers, and right. Whoa, what's the last uh, one? GI Joe. GI Joe. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah, I can't think of like in my like the '90s. I can't think of anyone else except for Yellow Ranger. She I might mean, have been like, the first for me, yellow. but I might not. I don't think I was conscious that she was mm. Vietnamese at the time. I was that's how I, I. That's in terms of like explicitly Vietnamese, like it's fucked up. But my brain was like Raya, <laughs> like yeah. explicit. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't think of anything else. Like it's either like their name was Vietnamese or mm. 
it was a hint or something i don't know yeah for me it was probably like vietnam war movies like that's a mm-hmm. yeah i could see that too yeah that, uh, that that for some reason they showed to us in history class in high school i don't yeah. Oh man, in high school we went to Toronto and we uh, saw Miss Saigon. Then I was like, "Yep." I was like, "Oh, okay. This is this is what I'm. This is what I'm. What my country's like. I don't know. Like, that's weird." <laughs> I'm just so very upset about it. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people like their first exposure to Vietnamese culture was like Rambo, yeah. right? Where he's having like PTSD mm-hmm. flashbacks to being tortured, and I don't even know if those are Vietnamese actors because that happens so quickly. But I, I wouldn't I surprise me given the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Rainbow, that's a apocalypse now platoon something like that all those big, yeah. all those big tentpole movies like oh these are these are big like sort of standards in, in cinema and like it's just really traumatic for a lot of people I, I would say our, our difficulty right now coming up with names uh, is indicative that like one like it doesn't really exist but also like yeah. growing up I do have stronger memories of other Asian representation mm-hmm. Like and Chinese just being like, yeah, specifically, yeah, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and just being like, okay, that's close enough. Like, I, Ooh, I you know, but because, because we are all treated the same, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because like, people blanket us as Asia altogether, mm-hmm. like, my, um, my, like, when I, you know, when I see something, like, I saw Shang-Chi last night, and I was like, this is very good for all of us. Like, it's very, <laughs> it's very Chinese centered, but it's yeah. also like the diaspora experience is like sort of is related is, is referred to in that movie. And I'm still very proud of that movie. And I still feel like that represents like the, all of us, you know, um, even though, yes, we are not <laughs> all one fucking thing, like monolith, but like, I, I like, like talking about like uh, Miss Saigon, like Leah Salonga, like I, I love her. Like, you know, I, I have all these Asian sort of like actresses in my back of my head from like the nineties from like, um, oh man, like Joy Luck Club, like those people, but like a lot of them are not mm-hmm. Vietnamese, like they're, or they're yeah. playing Vietnamese, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, like that was, and you know, I guess part of it still is like enough for my my nostalgic memories of like that made me feel, it made me feel like I had representation, even though it wasn't technically directly a Vietnamese person, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, I watched Hulu, I, uh, Hulu, I watched uh, Mulan <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. crying. I was gone. I was like, this is a trans narrative. This is like a diaspora <laughs> narrative. Like, I'm like losing it. I'm like, absolutely. And it's not even about, it's, it's like about China. It's China and like Mongolians. And I'm like, this is me. This is she yeah. is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Representation definitely takes, I think, a lot of different forms. And it's not just about like your DNA, but all, but I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but growing up, uh, you know, in America and being Asian and not having any Vietnamese representation, like I did cling on to other, like I, I speak fluent Japanese. I don't speak Vietnamese. I, uh, I'm a black belt in Kung Fu. I mm-hmm. like, I learned about um, my parents' restaurant was, it had to be half Chinese and like half Vietnamese because people didn't know what Vietnamese food was. It had to be like, you know, the Chinese, the American Chinese food mm-hmm. with like a tiki bar in the front. All these things don't make any sense. But anyway, <laughs> um, but like that, like my, my, identity is very wrapped up in like a lot of different Asian cultures that I could see and like grasp onto and learn about that was not necessarily Vietnamese. And that's why, I don't know, for me, I, I think all Asian representation that I see on, on, you know, in the media is great. Um, I'm, I'm amazed when it's Vietnamese, but like at this point I'm, I, I don't expect it to be Vietnamese. It's fucked up, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard. I think yeah. a lot of it, um, having spoken to like what well, I've just begun these conversations, but having spoke to other Viet folks in these spaces, oftentimes our identity, our Vietnamese identity is already tangled up in a lot of different identities. I think that's just part of the Vietnamese experience. And it puts you in a very s- strange starting place because 
the starting point is you have a tangled identity and the end point is it's still really tangled, but now you just kind of understand the tangles more. Yeah. And I find that for other identities, sometimes that tension doesn't exist to the extent that sometimes we feel. And that's been a difficult conversation, I think, for a lot of folks, because like human brain, it would be nice if everything was like in a box, right? Like I could be like, oh, yeah, that's Vietnamese instead of being like, oh, it's Vietnamese. But I mean, that particular person has like Chinese roots or like Thai roots or something like that. And mm -hmm. that could be very, very difficult. And I, if I can pause it, I think when it comes to like just the name itself, I think that is a very clear Vietnamese identifier. Like the names, I think, are very clear. But everything else could be kind of fluid, like we we're describing here. And someone could look at it and be like, oh, generic Asian. But that's like not enough, almost. That's how it feels for me. So I'm, I'm feeling very emotional, by the way. This is just yeah. insane. This is, this is uh, very good, but also very heavy. <laughs> so thank you all for your patience. Yeah, I think it's this hard. is things where we feel like we're not allowed to talk about until we finally make the space to do it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe maybe I'll lean into more of kind of slightly more negative since we're kind of already <laughs> feeling some <laughs> tension here. Have there been times where um, in the spaces that we've existed in things like that, you felt, I think shame is too much of a, too hard of a word, but you felt tension around representing as Vietnamese or like putting something out and like it's Vietnamese and you're tending it to. Michelle, you've already mentioned, you know, you, it, you almost felt like it was selfish to, to have this character. Uh, mm -hmm. Does anyone have any thoughts around putting that kind of stuff out? I have a counter question. Oh. Have you guys ever felt... Um... Appro like you're culturally appropriating oh yeah oh. <laughs> your own culture oh. yeah, true <laughs> oh. dude i grew up in pittsburgh i don't know what the fuck vietnam looks like i've never been there <laughs> you know it's weird kevin's reaction I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> having to read history books by white scholars about my own like serve yeah. my parents home country like mm, like feels weird <laughs> yeah i'm like wikipedia help i don't and then it yeah wikipedia is like more mostly white men yeah, writing yeah. these things and you're like I, but you know more than I do. <laughs> yeah, and I can't speak Vietnamese to read the Vietnamese like scholars' yeah. histories and like it's uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I started. Um, uh, I, I finished my Duolingo for all v Vietnamese. Uh, I can oh, speak shit. no Vietnamese. It's all oh, gold star, oh, and I can it. speak none of it. <laughs> but like, I did it. Um, but the thing is, it was actually super difficult to go through all of it because the sentences are garbage. Like, I don't mm. care if the chicken bit the bat. Like, that doesn't make me happy. And like, I will <laughs> I never do that. I wonder how that was happening in the day-to-day -day life. <laughs> but I started doing some French lessons and there's a lot more support for the French stuff. The yeah. sentences mm -hmm. actually make sense. There are things like, I would like to buy this food, like mm -hmm. stuff you would actually say. Mm -hmm. um, and when you make a mistake, it goes into like a loop where it tries to correct your mistakes. Whereas for the Vietnamese lessons, uh, sometimes don't even explain to you what's wrong. And sometimes you're right, but because of the mechanics of it, you're wrong. And like, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my hearts go back once per three hours. So <laughs> that one typo cost me three hours. Oh, no. The Vietnamese lessons have so much less of the audio, like sort of samples. Whereas the French, like every single word pretty much in my experience had like an audio, had an audio sample of how, like how it's pronounced and everything. And like ha in my experience, half of the Vietnamese stuff was just exclusively text. I'm like, I don't need, I really want to learn how to read Vietnamese. I want to learn how to speak Vietnamese. So I need to hear this and like, I, it's yeah. And like yeah. the practical applications of like, this is, if you're referring to someone and then it's a formal context and you say it like this, it's like, that's, that's like a lot of nuance that 
why are you supporting like Duolingo? Why are you supporting a language that you clearly don't want to support? Like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> Checkbox. <laughs> yeah. Checkbox. But that that's that's actually funny you mentioned that because I feel like I start and stop those like language apps because I'm like, if I actually do it, then I will come out the other end not knowing Vietnamese and I'll feel like shit. So if mm. I never try. I'll never know. I, yeah. I already feel like shit, so why mess with a good thing? <laughs> right? <laughs> We're, already oh, We're already at the bottom. I have a quick question for you, Steve, having brought up that. Was there a specific reason you picked French? Because for myself in high school, I had the option of either French or Spanish. And I did pick French because I know there is some French influence in like at least modern Vietnamese language because of the colonialism. And yeah. like at least you can see some French words sometimes in the on the menus. So <laughs> this in Vietnamese restaurants. Okay, so this is gonna sure. sound really fucked up, but I tell people I'm learning French because I'm Canadian and it's our other official language. But actually, it's because I have a feeling that I'm going to be in Vietnam at some point, and knowing French will actually get me by more than yeah, English more will. Than, yeah, yeah. You're, so that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, I've never actually shared that with anyone before. It's Aww. like been this like deep rooted thing in my brain, um, and I've just it's this like weird thing that's not in my my emotions that I've never touched because I'm actually kind of afraid to touch it because I don't know what's going to happen when I unravel it. But hey, I'm I'm still standing, so I guess it wasn't that bad. Mm. Uh, I would like to recommend ever to everybody at this table if you're not already. Therapy is great. I hadn't start. I didn't start till I was well into my adulthood because we're Asian and we're not allowed to tell anyone our problems. So we just keep. You just push it down deeper and deeper and stuff. But guess what? That doesn't solve anything. Uh, I I found a great uh, Vietnamese uh, therapist uh, online, and she yells at me a lot about that kind of stuff. Like, hey, I love. We're gonna just just talk about it. It sucks. Just talk about it. It'll suck less the next time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's true, though, because like yeah. you know that that is very much my experience with a lot of different skills like I'm gonna mm -hmm. suck at it consciously for a very long time and suddenly it'll be easier and it gets easier each day whether it's lifting writing all that kind of stuff so yeah thumbs up therapy a plus a plus plus s tier I mean not, it's you know healthcare is is some bullshit and, it, and not everyone can afford it but I I would recommend even getting a workbook um is how I first started my like therapy journey is I had a it was like a work. It was a workbook I got Amazon for like anxiety, and like every day you just like filled out some questions, and like it, I, even that was really good. Like processing, um, reflecting. But like I, I think you know, for like you're saying, Steve, like unpacking. It it just feels like no one understands like why talk to it about anybody. So it does feel like a journey you have to do on your do by yourself. But because it's for yourself, you're like, oh, I can just wait. I can just not do it for like mm, until I die because I, I just never trust this. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel that way about like I have to go to Vietnam at some point, and I'm avoiding it. For some reason, and I need help. I need someone to like take me. <laughs> Let's all go. Let's all go. Yeah. Let's plan a Let's plan a trip in oh, a couple years. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. I I, mean, I looked into moving to Vietnam, and uh, that was a very emotional time where I'm like, I really want to go back. Why do I want to go back? Like, what's there for me? And like, I had no idea how to unpack that. And mm. I think that's kind of cool, but also. The, the country I, itself, the physicality of it has meaning too. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Vian. Oh, I was just going to kind of go back to that language bit um, and add, provide some context. Because, um, like, I don't, I wouldn't say out loud to anyone that I speak Vietnamese. I'm not fluent. I'm not, like, whatever. But I can, like, be embarrassed, entire, like, 100% embarrassed, but I can order at a Vietnamese restaurant. That does not mean anything about my comprehension skills. But, like, in terms of, like, um, like my, I have a lot of family 
uh, from Vietnam that came here like um, as refugees and stuff like that. So when I get to spend time with them, it's a lot of like me being absolutely quiet. Like, I don't know. Y'all don't know me that well, but like I do speak a lot. I like I am very like up for up front with my feelings and I say what I feel. But with my family, I am silent because there is I either there's either nothing that I know how to say to them, like the nuance kind of like eludes me in terms of like my understanding as like, I have like a five-year-old, maybe under, maybe less than that three-year-old understanding of Vietnamese because I can ask for food. That's a three-year-old level of understanding. <laughs> yeah. um, but when it comes to like queer stuff, like when, when my uncle is like, you chose to be gay, da, da, da. I'm like, I have no rebuttal that you, that like we can under, like we can't. Yeah, yeah it was just that yeah it's 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 rough i i am commiserating with you because my relationships with my family um the diaspora the 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 pressure to be asian and then the pressure to be vietnamese and then the pressure to be western um really stretch and pull you in ways that maybe are not the most comfortable um i mean obviously you figure out ways to kind of work through it um but uh you know the pain is real the pain really does exist and it doesn't really go away, you know, scars and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Whew. <laughs> I did, we're, doing great. we're doing great. We're doing great, y'all. <laughs> Drink your water. Uh, I'm sorry, like, what was the original no. question, Steve? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I honestly forgot. How are you fucked up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, welcome to therapy. Uh, 80% therapy. Uh, um, I did want to mention that uh, speaking of language, I feel like we came back to language, which I love because I think the Vietnamese language is actually gorgeous. I love it. Uh, can't speak it either. Um, I picked up a uh, a kid's book. I actually bought a kid's book on Amazon that was in Vietnamese, but it's also in English. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember having like that imposter syndrome. We're like, am I allowed to buy this? Like, I feel like that's appropriative. Uh, I did it anyways, because it wasn't for me. I'm like, that's okay. Not my problem anymore. Um, <laughs> And then I remember reading it and the very little bit of Vietnamese that I know I'm reading the Vietnamese and the English translation is wrong. Like, it's just straight up, not correct. <laughs> it's the same like idea. Uh -huh. um, it's actually a really cute book. It's called, um, am I small? It's about a little girl who keeps asking like, am I small? And she asks like another adult and the adults like, yeah, you're small. Then she asks like an elephant. The elephant's like, you're puny. Then she asks like the moon and the moon's like, you are diminutive. And then she starts asking like squirrels and the squirrels like you're huge. And then she asks like an ant and the ant is like, you're humongous. And then she asks like, like tiny insects and things like that. And they're like, you are like gargantuan. And she realizes that doesn't matter what she is. They're all just labels. Uh, and everyone's going to perceive her different ways. So she's fine as she is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's really cute. The English translations don't do justice to actually what is being said in Vietnamese. And that's a real shame. Um, the other book that I bought was I bought a whole bunch of, let's go back to you, Michelle of legends, folk tales. They're in Vietnamese. Um, and there is also an English translation. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> think, whoops I, think, I, think, I think you were committed to me. This one? Uh, it is not that oh, one. Oh my gosh. I borrowed that book from the library. <laughs> That's so odd. There's three or... books out there, guys. There's three books oh, out cool. there for Vietnamese. Uh, yeah, do you have so all of them? That one was one of the ones I bought. <laughs> But then nice, there was nice. also the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the third one. <laughs> what I do remember is that I got it and I was flipping through it and there was a CD-ROM in it. And I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Because literally Ooh. I have nothing in my house that can play CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Oh my God. One of these books has a CD too. I'm like, I don't have a CD drive anymore. 
Damn like, what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, anyways. Um, but uh, I, started, I started reading it, and I was like, I feel like maybe I'm not allowed to read this. I feel mm. like, am, like, am I appropriating my own culture by sitting here and reading the folktales mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while experiencing this, like, diaspora? And, again, therapy, 100% recommend. But I wanted to share that and kind of... Yeah. I feel like that's fair, but I think, you know, you have to think about, well, then why am I allowed to read, like, anything? Like, why is anybody allowed to read, allowed to read anything? Like, it's, yeah. uh, I, I understand that feeling, and I, I, I definitely had that when I was Googling, like, Vietnamese legends on, the, you know, Google, and it just, uh, and just every time I read something and learned a new thing, I felt sad I didn't already know it, you know? Is that mm-hmm. feeling? Like at least for me tangentially to that, like researching that stuff, I I pull on like Vietnamese legends that I'm able to research and find. I pull it on my my like game writing work and my personal writing work, like in um, like my Unbreakable stuff, and I get so, I get such high levels of anxiety. I'm like, are other people, other Vietnamese people, going to see this and like call me out as like this is wrong? <laughs> Because like because I like got it from a book or like or like a Wikipedia article, even though I like I spend hours just like cr- trying to get like trying try to get other cosigns for like this even just like mm. this translation of mm. like of an animal's name in Vietnamese. I'm just like is, there's this like as a diaspora, there's a person there's like this there's this weight syndrome? of like oh yeah like imposter syndrome and also like this weight that like we we're supposed to. Because, like, even to other people outside of that aren't Vietnamese diaspora, that we're supposed to be perfect and have this perfect knowledge of mm-hmm. all of this stuff, just because we're genetically tied together to and like culturally tied to this stuff. But it's like, no, other Vietnamese people who are like native to Vietnam are gonna fuck this stuff up too. But like, because there's so much other different weight of it on us, there it's like anxiety inducing, and like it feels like so much sometimes. Even though we sh- we have as much right to it and as to that all those cultural touchstones as anyone else, including other Vietnamese and v- like n- like sort of Vietnamese from Vietnam, and we have as much right to like kind of fuck up about it as anybody else does, like yeah. Yeah. more so than a lot of people that aren't Vietnamese. I think something that I I had this breakthrough when I was in school and I was asking myself like what is my voice and I was trying to really shove like the Vietnamese identity into that voice like making sure that I represent that part of myself like making sure I'm not whitewashing myself that was like a thought I had Um, but as I was going through this research of like ancient Vietnamese history like I was really asking myself what am I looking for and like am I like I had this thought that like it really saddened me that like I might be looking for this like pure Vietnam pre-colonial Vietnam that like would accept me and like understands me. And like, as soon as I, it got like close and close, closer to that, like whatever that was, I realized it doesn't exist. And like that sometimes I think about coming back to Vietnam, but I also feel like I would feel as much of a foreigner as like what Michelle were talking about before we started recording, like going to Japan. Like, I feel like I'd be super called out in Vietnam. Like they'd be like, you fucking don't, you try to speak yeah. to me, you're wrong. Like, get out of here. Like, yeah. I don't know. They, when I go to Vietnam, uh, because of the way I present and things like that, I look very American. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't miss any meals. Um, and people treat me like a tourist there. And it's like, no, like I live in this house. Like this is where I'm living. I'm not a tourist. Like I'm not, I don't need to go back to a hotel. Like I'm fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not speaking the language. So that makes it even worse. 
But yeah. even being otherized in that geographical space, that can be a mindfuck. Um, this is like a weird representation of it, but do, have you watched that episode of BoJack Horseman where uh, I can't remember the name, the name of the Vietnamese girl who's uh, BoJack's friend my goes to Kristen? Win? Voice by Alison yeah. Brie, yes. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Voice by Alison Brie. That hurt. I, I wanted. I wanted to just put that out there. So she, this Vietnamese character, is voiced by Alison Brie. It, uh, it, to uh, also, to be fair, there they did bring on a Vietnamese writer for that season and for that episode, like mm -hmm. specifically. And the Vietnamese writer wrote pretty much that whole episode. While the character is voiced by a white, sure, writer, sure, sure. There yeah. is like um, some Vietnamese influence. So like, it's it's give and take. It's hard. It's yeah, really tough. So, I think so if you're if you're listening or watching, but uh, if, if you don't know what happened, is that uh, basically this character who is uh, Vietnamese American goes back to Vietnam. She goes back to Vietnam to kind of get away from stuff because she's having a bad time. Mm -hmm. Um, and she tries like you know she has the same experience where she goes there, she speaks Vietnamese, but like she's still treated like she's treated like a tourist. But then you know when she doesn't speak Vietnamese, but when she does speak Vietnamese. Um, she meets somebody who thinks she's Vietnamese, like she's real Vietnamese, and gets uh -huh. mad when he realizes she's actually just American and speaks English. And it's like, it, like that episode hurt me so bad in so many ways. I was like, oh god. Yeah, like, and I think like the reason yeah. I brought it up is because I think what I've hit with all this stuff is like mm -hmm. there is no salvation in any of yeah. this. Like there is no ideal queer identity. There's no ideal like racial. Like there's no ideal Viet person. Whatever that looks like that's just kind of feeding into this like monolithic idea that like yeah. white people have that's like oh yeah you're wearing like a oh yeah and you're like you got yeah. that paper hat and you got the fan Fucking like <laughs> like fuck off like <laughs> we we like are wearing what we're wearing we're like mm -hmm. living where we're living and we're existing and that is also part of our identity and that like yeah. i don't know i'm having big thoughts and i don't know how to say them out loud no i i really <laughs> appreciate everything you're saying i think it is it, i mean it it still feels good to hearing someone else say it too, because it is like we are all these things, so we have to accept that. But it's hard because our brain is like, no, we have to be this one thing. We can't. We have to be the pure, like you said, like we have to be the pure Vietnamese, the perfect. I mean, this even goes back to like you know how you're raised too. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not married to a Vietnamese doctor, so I'm already disappointed. To my parents. Yeah. Oh my god! Still think I might some one day get into. One I'm day. Just like, I don't, I'm, I'm not a math Asian mom. Like I can't, I can't be a scientist. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can, I can write nice scripts. That's my I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm like pretty good at makeup. That's like, I got like two things got to bring mom. Um, I, I am getting a, a great amount of catharsis out of this conversation. <laughs> and I, I, I really I'm hope glad. that, you know, this is the, the, this momentum can continue for other identities as well. Even if you're not on a podcast or something like that, you're a listener out there and you feel a little seen by this, I absolutely encourage you to find spaces where you have other people who share your identity or parts of it. And just if you if everyone's okay with it, be a little vulnerable, see where it goes. I think it's actually quite cathartic, but also go to therapy. Um, but also yeah. meet people and, and talking about these, I think, is really, really helpful and helps to kind of help you better push your goals if your goal is like representation these insights i think are really really helpful we got kind of deep here but i do want to bring this back to maybe something more positive so i'm gonna ask another question here feel free to answer if you'd like if you had a magic wand and you could just put vietnamese representation anywhere in media what would that kind of look like it doesn't have to be specific it could just be like i'd like to see more names um but is there something you'd like to see out there if you could just Make it happen. I'll go first. Go for it. I want to see more Vietnamese food 
in just places that aren't Vietnam or like generic Pan-Asia. Um, so like, I keep going back to like the Avengers, like end credit scene where like they're having shawarma. Great scene, kind of weird, but like good scene. I would just love to see people just randomly just eating Vietnamese food and mm. calling it by its actual name. Like mm. actually eat the food and actually call it what it is or call it like a fusion because that happens all the time with Vietnamese cuisine as well. Mm. Um, arguably Vietnamese cuisine is only fusion. Yep. Um, but I would just love to see more people just like fucking eating a banh mi and just like, there it is. Sorry, oh, that was Unmade. my answer. <laughs> I, I don't know how to call you out, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to Unmade. say it. Is that no? no oh, I, uh, I thought it was bunny. Uh, it, I say it like me, like yeah. me goy. So Unmade. I'm clearly yeah. Uh, That's how I say it, but like everybody says it differently. Like just like in English, everybody has like different pronunciations of the same uh, word. And like we have a we have a, a chain of restaurants in Toronto called Bon Me Boys, but mm. I'm like I refuse to call it that. It's Bun Me, and like. <laughs> In Boston, mm. we have it's B O N M E. It's Bon Me. Oh, we oh, are just giving up on the A. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of white people. So, like, yeah, right. fusion. Love, yeah. yeah, we love Asian food. See, the one in Toronto even keeps the accents and whatnot. Oh. So, it has special characters, but no one can pronounce it. So, they're just like, you know what? All marketing stuff, it's Bon Me Boys. You know, as again, this is a tangent. Here we go, tangent. I, I went to Little Saigon for the first time uh, when my parents were visiting a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Uh, so if you don't know about Little Saigon, in uh, it's in uh, Southern California near, uh, it's, in the, it's in the Orange County. In the Orange County. Sorry. I was going to try to say those, see, then I try to make it Orange more accessible to everybody who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Little Saigon is the biggest collection, conglomeration of Vietnamese people outside of Vietnam, like in the world. Um, and I kind of just didn't know that, or I, I never, I've been living in LA since 2008. I never went down there mm-hmm. once, except to go to like Disneyland, which is on the other side, you know? And I, I, I felt like, sh- like when we went, finally went, I was like, oh, all my childhood memories of like, we had, there was like a, there was like Vietnamese like malls we would go to, like in Washington DC, we'd drive to from Pittsburgh, which is where I lived when I was a kid. Wait, yeah. Yeah, and so it, it's, it was like that, but like way more fucking intense. Just like all these old ladies yelling at you about Jade and like, mm-hmm. um, and the food. I know the mall like, you went to. <laughs> yeah, and every single, and there's a whole, yeah, there's there's a whole, it's a huge place. It's, it's not like a little, it's not like a little shitty, like one mm-hmm. block or two blocks. It's like a whole town mm-hmm. of Vietnamese people that every time my, my, my parents would talk to somebody, they would find someone else they knew from Vietnam there. It was crazy. They were running people from like their high school. And I was just like, you know that they haven't seen since the war and i'm like this is crazy but um but yeah the food you're talking about the food uh steve um but just like being there and um i met like one of my little cousins like it's like my cousin's kids so they're like 18 and uh summer shout out to summer uh and just like the way she was talking about food like all the vietnamese food was like so normal for her like i wasn't weird like she knew everything and she was so young it made me feel like really <laughs> like oh i could have grew up like this but i did i grew up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, I think the food being more, more normalized and TV would be amazing because it's, and, I don't want to explain to people what fuzz ever again. <laughs> Wait, what, like... is the mall that y'all went to? Sorry, in DC? Was what, that yeah, what's the center? Oh, I don't remember what it was called. I, I just remember we'd, we'd get in the car and drive five hours to go to that mall. and trade It's like gold. an outdoor strip mall thing, right? You talking? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was Eaton Center. I feel like I, I feel it in my bones. So much, by the way. Yeah, but <laughs> I remember being a little kid. To in, what, is, is the mall you went to in Little Saigon? It, the whole like the second floor one. basically was all jewelry shops, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has that yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 actually kind of getting run down now, and like now there's yeah, more uh, shopping 
like strip malls outside of it that are getting bigger so oh i've been in there for a while i, I live it's... i live right there i'm in orange county right now so it's like oh, uh, really? yeah oh, so, oh, but um i think like i i i do i agree seeing vietnamese food in more stuff is mm-hmm. really it's really cool and i think i think pho is like the one it's like it's it's the ramen of Viet, Viet, vietnamese yeah. like food culture it's like it's the one dish everybody knows and like if you go another step down they know about me recently in a show Maybe. i saw they talked about like they just casually said like oh yeah um it was like two white characters speaking speaking to each other like on a set or something they said like oh we got a we got a bunzu truck and the, the, <gasps> you can go get some of those i was like wait hang on hang on no 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 you 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 went past but me as as like some white folks yeah. like wow that's you yeah once you said that it reminded me there's like an episode of blown away where like that like glass blowing show this white guy he like makes a glass whatever uh, apparatus to eat um boom tit mung and i was like what what's happening i like looked it up and i was like what, what? <laughs> making a specific dish to eat wow like like to, to make the sauce like kind of spread out evenly and i was like yo this is a beautiful like thing and i am like this is great it's great <laughs> wow I love that. That like blows my mind, but like also dope as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Rule three. Uh, <laughs> None of us answered your question, Steve. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're just like, oh yes, that's, we agree. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine just talking about shit. Like this I is think... this is such a great conversation. Sorry, go ahead. Oh well, if to, to answer your question directly now that I, now that we're saying, <laughs> but I I think like since I've like kind of come into the video game industry, like video games, capital V, capital G, like what I want less when I was like a kid uh, playing games, which is like representation, right? Seeing Asian people on screen. I don't necessarily want that because I know that like the back end is still a lot of white people, white engineers, white writers, white people designing and making these, curating this experience. I don't really want them to slap like Asian aesthetic on top. I think Mm. what I want is like people in that back end making those choices, like kind of, like I, I don't even like the little shit, like just having Vietnamese. Like uh, I had the experience the other day where we were designing like a, um, an asset, and I, I made like the yin yang fish, but I didn't really want it to be the yin yang fish. Um, and I submitted my like concept art, and um, this other concept artist who was Chinese, he like looked at it and was like, "Yo, this is like, this is visual like representation." That I understand, and he took it. He took wow. it like to just like he did his research. He was like, "This is like da da da," and I was like, "Yes, yes!" Like this is, like this is what I want. I want like Asian mm-hmm. shit, like made in like made the artistic decisions being made by other people like us. Like I would not yeah. trust a white person to just put a yin yang on like clothes and be like, <laughs> "We got it, got it, it. yeah, <laughs> nailed it." Yeah, that's so true. Like, um, so I work in production and and. Uh, when I work with people of color, the way we work together is so different when the whole crew is just white and it's just me trying to fight for like, yo, how about it's not all just one thing all the time. And, and, and uh, the changes always come from, it has to come from us. And I think like, Mm -hmm. I I think I would just love to see more uh, just in general, of course, like all, all Asian creators, but like, yeah, more Vietnamese creators just feeling empowered to, um, to take charge and move up in the ranks and do what they want to do and just and not and not settle and not make ourselves small anymore and to, to fucking go for it. I think I, I'd love to see more of that. I think I, 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 it's weird. I don't have a lot of Vietnamese friends. <laughs> like I, I never have to be fair. Like, you know, I grew up in yeah. a, like all white community. It was wild. Uh, mm-hmm. didn't speak to a single Asian person until like I like went to college basically. And, um, 
it's messed up. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, now I'm in, now I'm in like, LA and like, there's lots of Asian people here. And I have, I have Korean friends. I have Chinese friends. I have like Filipino friends. Like they're all awesome. But I don't have a lot of Vietnamese friends. Like, and I feel like I work a lot in media and my friends tend to like be like that. And there's just, just not a lot of us there to, who mm-hmm. who will represent like on screen, who represent like even like, like script writing, production, everything moving up into, you know, making us more uh, front facing. It's hard. I mean, that's a whole what? conversation about stereotypes, you know, like. Absolutely. You know, all what jobs can we that do? Look like, mm-hmm. Yeah, all the people that look mm-hmm. like us are doctors or whatever the stereotype is. We've got enough doctors. We are actors. I was <laughs> going to go into stereotypes, but you know what? I just want to not. So that's fine. Uh, but I, I actually, Vin, you mentioned something early on in this episode about using, asking people to take your identity and like what you're putting out there and to be gentle with it. And I want to pull it back to that because I also have this tension where I really want representation where like, there's that main character, they're Viet, they're like saying with their whole chest, like I want that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I want the identity to be treated very, with a lot of nuance. So at the same time, I would rather maybe not have that. Instead, I want to like the tiny pieces, a little like cultural signifiers where I see scene, but it's not like in my face because my identity as Vietnamese is complicated. So I don't necessarily want to see a single piece of Vietnamese representation that's like, this is what it means to be Viet, because chances are 99% of the people who are Viet don't line up with that. And I'm mm-hmm. actually quite scared of seeing that because I don't want people to start comparing me to like this fictional thing because my identity is so much more rich than anything that you could see in just like one data point. So I have mm. some I great I- insights here, yeah. That's like the complicated catch 22 of like representation is if it's not there, what is there is the only thing. So like when Crazy Rich Asians came out, everyone was like, what do you, how do you feel about this? How how do we Mm -hmm. feel about this? And I'm like, I reserve all criticism. I hold it in my body until I die. No one's going to know how any negative thoughts. I loved it. It was great. We love seeing Asians on screen. Right. But like, I did not feel like it was a good enough. Like there's, if there's only one movie like, of course, it's not going to be everything. It's yeah. not going to be everything, and so like you have, to, we just have to wait until there are the wait. But like you know, do what we can to make sure that there's more diverse experiences, so that if if there's ten movies, a hundred movies with different representations of different kinds of Asians, people like us, blah right. blah blah, like then there, I think there's less pressure on like the one thing, yeah, to be beautiful yeah. and perfect. It's it's a definitely a numbers game, man. Like I mean, definitely, I I. I... <sighs> Uh, like think about how many just to pick a random let's pick a random thing that's not like being asian think of all superhero movies remember when they were all bad every single one was very really bad incredibly right? bad then they got a little better and then they got bad again and then they got really good and then they bad <laughs> like they you know they they rode a sort of a roller coaster and i think in that way too so must we ride the superhero movie roller coaster where the first movie that's about asian like vietnamese people is going to be like real shitty and we're all gonna be like no it's great everyone go see it make another one yeah and i think that's that's the game that's the game we all play it's, uh, it's capitalism also yeah i just I, I am i think we should just embrace like the messiness yeah embrace the messiness i like right? that yeah. there's there's like a there's like a document a documentary series that netflix put out about like latinx representation and like queer representation like that intersection mm. um they like brought in like glee like santana from glee like that was like there's like two like whatever and yeah. it, like it sucks and so one of the writers was like specificity is universality and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah like 
as as creators i feel like we shouldn't be pressured to write the perfect thing like that's what i've been hearing a lot is like how do i do this right da, da, da. like bro you are existing bring that shit into your work and that will be beautiful and like that will be representative of you that's all you gotta do i guess i don't know i love that, Speci- yeah, that specificity beautiful. is universality i just wrote that shit down that was yes. the wall. <laughs> get a tattoo of that um yeah. that was you know what we were we're coming up on time, and I think that's a really great note to end on. Knowing that, of course, this is not the last time we're going to gather a whole bunch of Vietnamese voices and talk about our experiences. Uh, I think this is a great way to just break the ice and just let it be messy. And I think our listeners out there, I think we try to be as formal and like try to have like a set of questions, but at the end, it just got messy. And to be quite honest, I kind of liked it. I, I felt like a Vietnamese conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to say, but there like, needs to be felt- more yelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta not- be up here. <laughs> we're not yelling. That's just how we talk. Uh, yeah, I'm but- trying to say. That's what I'm saying. Why is your fam- Why is your family yelling all the time? So <laughs> <how> we talk. <laughs> we want to uh, make sure we're heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think that's a great place to end. I would love if folks could just reiterate who you are, where folks might find you. And then we'll do kind of our outro here. There's like a little Asian represent little uh, ritual we do at the end, which I'll explain in a bit. But uh, Michelle, where can people find you? Hello. You can find me at I am Trey Bunny on Twitter and Instagram or on my portfolio page, Michelle Wynn Bradley. Dot com. Uh, you can find me every Tuesday on the Hunter's Entertainment Twitch channel playing Outbreak Undead. It's emotional. It's crazy. I We have a lot of uh, PvP. scary. Um, on Wednesdays, you can find me on Paizo's official channel on Twitch uh, playing Pathfinder and Starfinder uh, and all things good. Um, and sometimes on Critical Role as Hua Sen. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Love it. Bien, where can people find you? Hi. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at Jub Nuggets. Uh, you can find me on itch.io, same name. Uh, I'm If you're really into playing RPGs and or solo experiences or reading things that really get you in your feelings, that's where you can find it. So find me. We'll talk about it. Amazing. <laughs> we'll go to the moon. We'll talk about the moon. We'll go to the moon. <laughs> Kevin, where can folks find you? Hi, I'm Kevin Thien Vulong Nguyen. Uh, you can find me and block me on social medias over at, at knit underscore neck. You can buy my games, which are all designed out of spite, at winconditions.com. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N, like my last name. And uh, you can also find me as regular cast member over on All Nerds Here. That's twitch.tv forward slash All Nerds Here, where I always play Vietnamese characters on this stream. Some of them are good. A lot of them are bad. And we're allowed to have like bad characters that represent us because Vietnamese people are like all a spectrum of good and bad and like crusty and nice. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So um, we, we're going to end our episode with a quick little outro. So at the end of every single Asian Rivers episode, we go, uh, I'm Steve. I'm, and we'll do an order. And at the end we go, you just listen to Asians represent. And we say it all at the same time. And because we're all remote, it's going to be super out of sync. And it's a problem for like, Daniel and producers to like edit it all together and mm-hmm. I love them for it, but I would never be able to do this. <laughs> so I'll go for it. I'll be like, I'm Steve. And then I'll go to, then we'll do Michelle, Vian, Kevin. And then I'll say, you've just listened to, and together we'll say Asians represent. And have to do the fist it's going to be, uh, I do fist pumps because I do fist pumps all the time. Uh, you can do whatever makes you happiest. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Do yeah, that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Everyone cool. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay, it's going to be messy and gross, and I love it. 
Wait, so. what's the last bit? This is. <laughs> I didn't write it, it. I didn't write it all down. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me like send you an email. No, uh, <laughs> formally send me that consent form again. <laughs> I'll go. I'm Steve, and then we'll go to Michelle. I'm Michelle, so on and so forth. Uh, then Vian, then Kevin, and then I'll say you've just listened to, and then together. We're going to say, oh, we Asians just say the name of the podcast. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. I All right, perfect. This. All right, take a deep breath. Here we go. I'm Steve. I'm Michelle. I'm Vian. And I'm Kevin. And you just listened to Asian Oh, God, that's so good. It's going to be perfect. It. It's perfect. It was perfectly <laughs> in sync, and everyone's going to love it. Wow, that was in, that was incredible. Right? That was that was that was something. Uh, it was, uh, you know, that was that was wild watching that again. That was, yeah, we did some really great stuff there. I'm I'm really happy with that episode. I th- I think that one of the things that I really liked about that is that we didn't really talk about gaming all that much, and I think we need to do more of this. Oh, um, oh, yeah. I, 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 think that this is a, this is the kind of conversation that we need to have on Agents Represent, right? Um, I, I, Steve, I thought you crushed it. I thought you were honest. I thought you were vulnerable the the way you normally are. Um, and honestly, I, I want to see you do more of that. Like, I want, I want to have you know Kevin, Vian, and Michelle back on. I would love to see an actual play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we ran Kevin's Unbreakable Volume One adventure, but I'm just hyped to see more. Um, and I thought you uh, thought you crushed it. Um, so I learned, I learned from the best, Aww. Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, no, um, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm I'm a little bummed that there was that little technical glitch. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but what I'll do is I will um, put together all the video files and fix up the VOD so that the VOD won't have that little bit of lag that we had um, yeah. during the show. Um, and, and you know what? Like we said this before, during like before the stream and during the stream, but I think smoothing out the wrinkles of this pre-recorded stuff, I think it opened up so many avenues for us and for other people and things like that that I think I'm happy for it to just be what it is you know what i mean yeah just a heads up for you we're talking about production the background audio i can actually hear the background audio through your headphones no i'm so sorry that's okay don't worry about it uh i'll edit it out in the audio and uh so if you want to listen to the audio with you know the extended 40 minutes at the beginning um without the background audio coming through the other headset you can support us on patreon like these amazing people who are on screen right now um thank you so much to you know all of our disciple guardian and most honorable patrons um y'all are awesome we really appreciate all of the support um you know if we didn't have patreon we wouldn't be able to you know find you know like a, a way to to get into a more productive cadence a way to you know have conversations like the one steve had um a way to basically not have the organizational burden of Asians represent just crush me. Um, I'm just so happy that we have everyone's support. Um, every dollar counts and y'all are incredible. Um, 
that said, um, there are some people that we have to shout out. Now, unfortunately, Marla is not going to be able to make it um, for this. Marla is okay. <laughs> Marla is okay. <laughs> Marla's okay. I, I would not announce anything like that during a stream. I would just be like, Asians represent cancel for like one month while I, while I just I grieve. No, um, oh. I, I ordered some dinner uh, for my partner and I, and uh, fried chicken is, is coming right now. So she's going to go get the fried chicken. Um, <laughs> so I can't bring up Marla, who's basically like a giant furry turkey. Um, so I apologize to, to our patrons for that. That said, shout out to Brooke Bright, Jeremy, a.k.a. Pixel Grotto. Go, go check out the latest D&D Beyond video on the D&D Beyond YouTube yes. channel. And Jeremy crushed We retweeted it on the Asians Represent Twitter. I Like I said, every single time, I click on a Jeremy Blum article every single time. I watch every single one so Jeremy gets my view on both like the traffic and D&D Beyond knows that we want more Jeremy. Um, I unfortunately don't click on everyone else's. I just click on Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> um, there's just so much there. But yeah, shout out to Jeremy. And then, of course, Daisy May. Those are our guardians of the realms. Y'all are awesome. And then our most honorable pat- patrons. And I'm so happy that every two weeks I get to call you know, these folks the most honorable people. But shout out to, you know, Ryan the Wizard Hall, Metal Weave Games, you know, Valorous Games, the most honorable, sorry, I should have said the most honorable Ryan the Wizard Hall, the most honorable Metal Weave Games. Shout out to, you know, Baby Beast Jerry and, Al, you know, the Owlbear Plush. And then Valorous Games, the most honorable Liana. Um, check out Valorous Games. We're going to do some something real cool. Uh, Agatha and the Caratour crew. We've got some big plans with Valorous Games and Asians Represent. So I'm super hyped. Um, shout out to Liana for being the most honorable person on Asians Represent. Um, and then, you know, the most honorable Dungeon Glitch slash Matt. And then the most honorable times two Epic Impulse. Y'all are awesome. I think you're fantastic. Um, thank you for your support. And thank you, you know, Steve for hosting that. And thank you for, you know, thank you, Steve, for saying, hey, Daniel, can I, can we do this? Right. Um, I think the conversation in the future can be like, hey, Daniel, we're going to do this because that's that's what I want to see um, moving forward. Um, I was talking about it in the in the Twitch chat. But one of the things that isn't brought up during our our pre-recording for episode 42 is we're going to do one on sort of the the mixed experience. Um, And so we're going to put together a panel and it's going to be one of many because that's a very complex topic um, to discuss, but one that we haven't actually had on the show oh she's here hello it's marla marla Marla. marla's making an appearance oh there's that big round shadow and she loves it just look at that oh marla a little bit over over this one marla hey she loves just all of this that is what i tune in for marla are you gonna say hi to everyone thanks marla marla okay she's gonna pee um <laughs> that that said Great. that's it that's a thank y'all for I'm, I'm i'm so sorry marla we love you so much we'll make, we'll make marla merch one day um <gasps> yes yo we should we should we should talk to uh the most honorable metal weave games instead of the owlbear plush it'll just be the marla plush and then yeah. we'll just get then we'll just get sued by pusheen um oh no <laughs> <laughs> I can see ambassador. like I can see like a Marla, just like a big old chunk with like a bow, like with a just bow, like a bow just like on her, like, on her, on her, on her, on her tum tum, little tum tum, 
which yeah. I'm, I'm something I, like that. I'm um, into that. I did. I did. Um, there was this uh, uh, Asian American artist who was doing like, "I'll make your cat as a uh, as a D and D character," and I was like, "Oh, here, I'm gonna throw money. Please make my cat as a <laughs> warlock. I'll show you two after. I'll share it. You know what? I'll share it in our uh, the patron section of our Discord uh, because I absolutely love it." Um, yeah. That said, Steve, thank you for organizing that. Shout out to Kevin, Vian, and Michelle for sharing you know your stories being vulnerable and just being like amazing human beings y'all are great um that said you know we're gonna we're gonna close this up now we're gonna raid someone steve do you do you have who we're gonna raid we're gonna raid someone so stick around we're gonna yeah we stick around we'll raid someone stick around we're gonna raid someone and uh we'll uh we'll talk to you soon bye everyone